Welcome to The Rock Church, a vibrant, enthusiastic, edgy church meeting in West Bridgeford, Nottingham. You can find out more about us by visiting the-rock.org.uk. We hope you were blessed by this message. Absolute uh, pleasure this evening that we have a uh, guest speaker with us, uh, Andy, who I'm going to welcome up. Um, in fact, Andy, do you want to just, just come up now? We'll <clears throat> Which is no doubt why a few people are here, especially especially to hear you. Um, Andy uh, and his wife lead lead uh, World of Worth, um, and wow, yeah. and um, there's loads of puns, and everyone's done them, so we won't do any of those. And uh, and one of the things that uh, I love, uh, I'm really excited to hear about this this evening because it's something very, or you do some work that's very close to my heart. I spent a bit of time in Cambodia uh, working um, in sort of the areas of trying to stop and educate around sex trafficking of, of women and girls, um, and I know that's something you guys do. And um, yeah, they work in Ethiopia, Uganda, India, and recently, more recently, in Bulgaria, which is one of the areas that The Rock is specifically partnering. So, Andy's going to give us the word this evening, and then hopefully share a bit about what you do and all that sort of stuff. So, Lord, we thank you. We thank you for Andy. We thank you for the work that he does. We thank you for um, him being with us this evening. And Lord, we pray your anointing on him, and uh, give us big ears to hear your words, and uh, give us open hearts uh, to receive. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's give him a warm welcome. Thank you very much. Great to be here with you. Yes, my name is Andy David and I have the privilege with my wife. Some of you may know my wife. She was the crazy woman that wore the same dress every day for a year. So it was a great idea because it saved me money and I'm all for that. So, you know, part of what we do is we work predominantly with, work, with girls and women and our whole ethos really is to give a hand up not a handout. Actually, what we want to do, we want to train and we want to equip and we want to empower and restore dignity and hope to downtrodden women that in many of the countries where we work have been neglected, have been abused, and some horrendous circumstances and situations. And actually, people say to me, well, why do you work with women? And actually, we work with women because actually recent research says that gender inequality is a major effect, sorry, let me start again. Gender inequality is a major cause and effect of hunger and poverty. It's estimated that 60% of chronically hungry people are women and girls, 60%. Another statistic that is, is, is a scary one is women make up more than two thirds of the world's 796 million illiterate people. Two weeks ago, actually a week ago, in fact, to be very specific, 10 days ago, I was in Uganda and we arrived at our project in Uganda and as we, we have a, a site there that has a farm on it, it has income generation, it has a community centre on it which as far as we're concerned is called a community centre, but actually it's a church, and there's 150 people meeting there on a Sunday, which has started in the last two years and has grown to that size already. But one of the things that we have on that land is we have a bore well. And the bore well meets the needs of around 60 families, 650 people. And when we got to the land, the bore well wasn't working. You pump and you pump and you pump, and you were getting a dribble. And we said, actually, guys, we need to get this fixed now. 
And, and the response from our guys in Uganda was, well, it'll take a couple of weeks before we can get the guy and the engineers out. And I said, we've got to do this today. Come on, we can do this. And there was a few phone calls taking place, a few WhatsApp messages, and within an hour, talk about God meeting the need. Within an hour, we were picking a builder up who had a friend who was a plumber, who was the engineer, who was there to actually take the, the bore well to bits, who within an hour and a half had stripped the bore well into bits, diagnosed what we wanted, within two hours had gone back into town, picked up the bits that we needed, and within 12 hours had everything back working instantly. You know, so often, in human nature, we try to fix things. And I've got to admit, I was sending messages here, there, and everywhere to everybody I could think of. But actually, it was one of the ladies who said, oh, I think I know somebody who works for so-and-so. And within minutes, we've got the connection. But you know, I say that illustration because another statistic, which is a scary one, and this blows your mind when you think about it, that it's estimated that in sub-Saharan Africa, it's estimated that women spend 40 billion hours a year collecting water. Wow. wow. We've all done it this morning. You've all got up, you've got up, you've cleaned your teeth, you've turned the tap on, and you've done it. And then you've left the tap running while you're cleaning your teeth. Unless you're on a water meter in the southwest, then you turn it off very quickly. But you know, something that we take for granted so easily, something that actually makes a huge difference. I got up, we had a team over there and I got up at 5.45 and we took some of the team and we took, we were very fortunate to have a guy to do some media with him and we, met, we took him to meet one of the ladies. And what we wanted to do was for him to just capture how this lady's day started. And she was up at 5.45, she started sweeping and she was then cleaning up and she started to put some food on to feed her kids before they go to school. And in order to feed the kids, she had to go and get the water. And the bore well was across the road, I say across the road, across the mud track, about two, three hundred meters away. So in order to do that, and I thought, I, we went across and I watched her pump the water into the, into the, um, the jerry cans. And I watched and I thought, actually, I'm going to help. And I'm going to carry one of the jerry cans back. <laughs> Easier said than done. So I picked up this 25-litre jerry can and thought, well, I can do this. If she can do it, I can do it. And I chucked it on my head, and I had another shower. It, I ended up soaking wet, and much of the entertainment of the ladies that were around the bore well at 6 o'clock in the morning, they thought it was hilarious that I was trying to carry this. And you know what? This lady came up to me. She must have been older than me, and she just gently pushed me out the way and she picked up this jerry can, chucked it on her head, and literally carried it across. You know, we talk about what we can do, but sometimes actually what we need to do is step back and actually release the women to actually do the things that we need them to do. So many of these women have been through horrendous circumstances, horrendous situations, and actually we are passionate about seeing their lives change. I'm gonna show you a media clip which gives an overview of WOW, what we do, and where we work. Sorry, it's the other clip. So I'm stood in Arua, in Uganda, and I'm actually... We 
the fact that I get to do what I do. I love the fact that when I talk about those women, they're not just a number, they're not just somebody that you see on a bit to me, I've met those women. I know Mama Julia, the lady who was grating that cassava. I know Jessica, who's built her house, and actually what we do, we build on a personal relationship with the women that we work with, but also with the churches and the individuals that we partner with. We are passionate about seeing the lives of the women changed. It's an incredible privilege to do what we do. It's an incredible blessing, but it's incredibly challenging. And actually, sometimes it is hard, but actually, do you know what I've learned in the 20 years, as we've taken over 20 years in April, I've learned that we serve a faithful God, that he never lets us down, that he never, sometimes we may overcommit out of enthusiasm and out of passion, but actually what I've learned is God always, always meets the need. There's been times where you think, God, how on earth are we going to do this? But you know what? God never, ever fails us. And actually what we've noticed is with the women that we're working with, you've seen the perma gardens, you've seen the micro business stuff, and actually what the women want more than anything is they want to be able to provide for themselves. They want to be able to put their children through school. They want to develop their businesses. And we've seen some real stories of transformation from, from women that have come from horrendous circumstances. And I'm going to show you a clip about a lady called Josephine. And before I show you this clip, as they're lining this up, three years ago, I was in one of our cluster meetings, and this lady, Josephine, was at the back. She wasn't part of the cluster, she was just stood there watching and listening and taking on board. And I said to our project leader, I said, go and find out her story, tell me about her. What, what's, what's she doing? I don't recognize her. And he, he came back and he said, said, her husband has just died three weeks ago. He said, she has four children. She has come to the point where life wasn't worth living, where she was desperate, where she was absolutely, she said, but she was walking on the route to take her own life. But she heard the singing from the cluster. She's been on our project, and I'm going to show you the clip about Josephine. So I'm stood in Arua in Uganda, and I'm actually at one of the Cluster B meetings. And this lady, Josephine, has been part of the... Ooh, look, there you go. Has been part of the uh, cluster for a number of years now, and we're just about to get Harrison to come over and give you her story and her background. So it was good, really encouraging story. Yes, hello everyone. I am Harrison, the project director of Uganda. Next to me is Josephine. We're just going to get onto an interview with her. So I hope you enjoy the life-transforming testimony from Josephine. Yes, here we go, please. This is Josephine. Josephine, the floor is yours. Meet our good day on Zara. Our four. Wow, three. Ma, Anzisu. Michael Peter, Rama, Wisin. Josephine says thank you so much to Wow. She has four children. She lost her husband some time back, so she is a widow for now. Eyo, the new Sarah Mavugo. Mess on that Sandisite. Why we must call? When she lost her husband, her heart was so much 
troubled and she was heartbroken, but Wao came in to give her support and lift her from the really troublesome life that she was going through. And since the school of the man's language for Toralo, at the time when she came into Wow, she came and got the VSLA was just being established and she was able to borrow 100,000 from the capital fund and she started doing business with it and it grew up. She started now paying school fees for the children out of the profits of the VSLA. Now out of the profit from she gets from the VSLA she has been able to buy a she got and she's able to feed her family out of it and the she got has been able to multiply. So now with the support she gets from Wow, she is able to look after her children, provide for them as if their father is still alive and yet the father is not there but it's the support from Wow that gives her the opportunity to take care of the family. So she thanks Wow so much for all that support. Two weeks ago, as I say, I was in Uganda and I went to the cluster meeting and Josephine came running over, was so excited and threw her arms around me and just thanked me for what we were doing in her life. And you, you heard the figure of 100,000. Now that's 100,000 shillings that she's borrowed from the, the micro business scheme. Now you go, 100,000, that sounds a lot. 37 pounds. 37 pounds has transformed her life. Not just her life, but the women of the project there in Arua, Uganda. It's about investing. It's about education. It's about giving them the skills to actually provide for themselves. We've heard so many times the story of do you give them a fish or do you teach them to fish and actually our heart and our vision and our passion is to train equip and actually see these women transform their own lives i'm not there to do it for them our project leaders aren't there to do it what we want to do is actually release the women to do it for themselves but above all else whatever we do whether we're teaching whether we're clothing whether we're educating we want these women to know that God loves them, that he sent his son to die for them, that yes, life can be tough, but when life is tough, he's there with you. He's there to come alongside you, to lift you up, to, to give you the resources and to give you the support that you need. And so often, whether in Uganda or whether you're here in Nottingham, it's exactly the same. We serve the same God. It's the same God in Uganda as it is in Nottingham. I love the fact and you know just a few months ago we were in bulgaria with kate and and she's a knox county fan that's correct isn't it oh i tell you there's it's fighting talk that isn't it eh you know what i've never known anybody so passionate about a football club it's proper scary isn't it it's like you know but you know what it was great to spend time and to catch the heart that her and Ali have for this city and to actually hear her communicating with excitement and passion the transformation that's happening here 
and to see lives changed. And, you know, you probably gather that I love and I'm passionate about doing that and seeing the lives of the women transformed. And people say to me, well, why do you do what you do? And my go-to answer for that is Proverbs 31, 8 and 9. Speak up for those who cannot speak for themselves, for the rights of all those that are destitute. Speak up and judge fairly. Defend the rights of the poor and the needy. Now, we went to Bulgaria just a few weeks ago, and Kate experienced for herself some of the desperate, desperate situations. We went into a town called Sliven, and we went into an area called Nadezhda, which is a four-mile-by-four-mile four four mile slum. And it's hard to believe this in an EU country. You walk in and you think, actually, this isn't that bad. And then you start to walk further in, and then the smell changes. The environment changes. And as you walk in, and, and we were very privileged that we could walk in with one of the Bulgarian pastors. And as you keep going in, all of a sudden, you start to see the deprived state that some of these children are living in. And if you go deep enough into this area, there's no sewage, there's no sewerage, there's no running water, and they call it the naked quarter. And some of these kids in an EU country are running around with no clothes. Absolutely desperate situations. And what we're committed to, and what NG and this church are going to partner with us into the project there into Bulgaria, is to see transformation brought to some of those lives. We recognize that actually by working with the women and the families, actually that has influence over the family unit. When you start to influence a family unit, you start to influence a community. When you start to influence a community, you start to impact a city. And it all starts somewhere. And actually, as a church, is going to come out over the next few weeks, hopefully the next few days, I was speaking to John Fahey earlier, that actually this church is going to partner with us into getting Christmas stockings out to some of those kids in Bulgaria. More will come out over the next few days, but actually I'd encourage you to partner with us to actually do that. I'm just going to briefly share, that's good news, isn't it, briefly. Don't you just love it when somebody starts their message with briefly? Isaiah 58, 6 and 7 says, Is it not the kind of fasting that I have chosen to loose the chains of injustice and untie the cords of the yoke to set free the oppressed, to break every yoke? Verse 7, Is it not to share your food with the hungry and to provide the poor and the wanderer with shelter when you see the naked to clothe them and not to turn away from your own flesh and blood? I've got to be honest. You guys impress me with the fasting. Social media fast, you know, it's, it's a hard one, isn't it? Because let's face it, we all get up in the morning, you all go dick, 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 and if we all spent, this is a challenge, if we all spent as much time reading our Bible as we did going on our Facebook pages, how much further would we be forward? How much further forward would we be as a church? It's a really hard thing to actually set yourself apart and when I started thinking about this fasting I thought actually what does that look like for me what would that entail for me and actually for me when I fast it's about creating time it's about creating an environment where actually I allow myself to hear from God where I put down this or I'm spending less time eating and let's face it I could do with that a little bit more but actually, it's really about committing to something. It's about 
setting time aside to hear from God. Reading that verse, is it not the kind of fasting I have chosen you to loose the chains of injustice? My heart, my passion is about setting free those that have injustice. Injustice can look in so many different ways and, and when you talk about set free, for me when I started to think about setting free, it was about liberating. And if you look on the tagline of World of Worth, we say it's liberating families and communities from poverty. It's about setting free. It's about releasing. And injustice can look in, in so many ways for different people. It's discrimination because of race, discrimination because of religion. And so many of the women and the girls that we work with, that we support, have suffered through discrimination. I've talked about Bulgaria and one of the projects that we have there is we work in an after-school club and we work with the Roma children there and we bring them in and we give them food and we educate them and we do all of the things that in all honesty some of their parents should do and there's a lady there who oversees this project and she oversees about 160 kids in multiple projects around the Bulgaria around the city of Plovdiv and this lady's called Gina Gina's an incredibly strong, incredible woman who trained as a nurse. And actually, you would think, what an incredible job she was doing actually for a Roma, a Roma to actually train and to become a nurse is incredible. And do you know what? The discrimination that she faced, even in the hospital where she worked, was people, because she was Roma, would spit in her face she would sit down at a table to eat a lunch and people would get up and move away but you know what she's taken that and actually now she talks to the kids about actually forgiveness she talks to them about actually we can't be discriminated against because we serve a god who loves us she's taken that hurt and that pain to a whole new level and is instrumental in having influence over the kids that she's working with. What an opportunity she has to have influence over the next generation of children. We were out there just a few weeks ago and we visited a project and part of you've heard me talk about Nadezhda, what we wanted to do is set up a children's club where some of the kids from Nadezhda can come from that environment to an environment where it's safe, where it's clean, where there's a toilet, where there's running water, to actually come to a kids club. And we, Kate, myself, Rob and, and John, we walked into this building and we were like, wow, this needs a whole load of work. And naturally they said to us, what can you do to help with us? Well, we just paid for the, for the kids' clubs during the summer. So we were like, actually, there's not a lot I can do right now, but we'll pray for you. And we stood in that room and we prayed and we said, God, we pray that you will provide the finance that's needed. And within three days, the finance came from another organization, not from us, but another organization that's partnering with them. And Friday night... You know, I went on social media and I, she sent, the, the lady sent me a message, said, check out Facebook. And there on Facebook, the kids club has opened and there was 50 kids from the Dejda area actually going there. Come on, that's amazing. You know, injustice, inequality, 
Some of the women that we work with have had some of the most horrendous circumstances. And there's a lady called Beatrice who is on that slide there, the lady with her hands raised. And Beatrice is a 65-year-old lady on the project in Uganda. She has scars all over her body from a guinea worm infection that she received as an eight-year-old girl. She's seen both of her parents killed. She has had to do unspeakable things just to survive. She has been trafficked. She has been abused. She's, her story, I read it, and I was broken, completely broken. And I read the story, and then right at the end of this story, it says, but Beatrice has learned to forgive those that have hurt her with the help and the support of the WOW team. Wow. Beatrice now serves as part of the team there. She runs a project. She is teaching the other women on that project to make the sandals, to make the slippers, and she goes to market and she sells them. And do you know what? She is the biggest evangelist on that project. She will talk to absolutely everyone. If you buy a pair of sandals from her, you get to know about Jesus. If you buy a flip-flop from her, she tells you about Jesus. And she will tell people about the life transformation that she's experienced. I sat two weeks ago, ten days ago, next to Janet. Janet is one of our project leaders. And this is discrimination because of gender inequality. And actually, as a lady, when her husband died, it was decided by the tribal council that it was her fault that her husband died of AIDS. So what happens there? All of a sudden, everything that she had was stripped away. She lost her home. She lost her children. Every asset that she had went back to his family because the tribal council decided it was her fault. Janet then, within a matter of weeks, actually went for a HIV test and discovered that she was HIV positive. The children ended up coming to live with her in, in this, it literally is a natural, national geographic round mud hut with a straw roof. And she had four children living with her. And having found out she was HIV positive, there was no medication at that point. Now there's free medication from the government, but actually at that point, 10 years ago, when she discovered it, there was nothing. She had no choice. She got, sounds crazy. Do you know what she did? She got people to pray. And actually, she got people around her to pray. They prayed for her regularly. They laid hands on her. She had to deal with all of that stuff. And actually, when she went for the next HIV test, she was negative. Come on, that, and now Janet is one of our project leaders. She now has her own micro business where she's selling vegetables, where she's selling fruit, and she employs additional people to do that. Janet is one of those incredible, inspirational ladies who I have the privilege of coming alongside. For me, when we start to look at that Isaiah, verse there it's a call to action 
Hopefully this evening you've caught the heart, you've caught the vision of what World of Worth is about. But that verse is really a call to action. It's a challenge that actually we need to do something. We can't just sit and ignore and hope somebody else does it. You talk about a fast, whether you fast in your time, whether you pray for a while, whether you're fasting your Costa coffees and you do something. I'm not bothered whether you give it to WOW, but actually do something with it. Don't just sit there and leave it for somebody else and think, actually, Ali will do it. Actually, Joss can do it. Actually, Claire can do it. Actually, it's upon us all. We're all challenged in that verse to do something to break that cycle of injustice. Giving a hand up and not a hand out is possibly one of the most important things that I've learned in the last few years. I love the fact that actually we get to do what we do. And I'm going to finish with this story. We have there in Uganda, we've got multiple plots of land. And what we have on one of the plots of lands that we went to visit last week, we have a forest. You go, what on earth have you got a forest for? We've got a forest, not because I want to improve my carbon footprint, which obviously naturally I do, but actually we've got a forest because we recognise that actually it costs just a pound to plant a tree in Uganda. That tree's growth cycle will take 10 years. But when that tree is harvested, actually that pound then becomes 35 pound at the minimum, nearer 45 when I was there last week. So you recognise actually a thousand trees, that's 45,000 pounds in a 10 year cycle. And we're planting trees consecutively that actually will make that project self-sustainable. A hand up, not a hand out. And the interesting thing about this, and I was talking to somebody this morning, is changing the mentality and the way that these women think is they saw a tree and they thought actually, right, that's a roof truss. So they were cutting down the trees to actually build a roof because that was an immediate need that these women saw and it took a bit of time and it actually God really spoke to say actually yes you need to meet the immediate need but actually you've got to look at the long term and actually what we want to do is actually build self-sustainability into all of our projects we have a plan that in five years time all of our projects will be self-sustainable the trees in Uganda is just one option but actually that will run the project but actually most importantly to see the lives of these women transformed with the micro business with the training and all the things that we teach them it's so important oh look there you go I've dropped all of that please come and see me grab a leaflet grab a literature ask me any questions I want to thank you this evening for the opportunity to come and share I'm looking forward to what's going to happen over the next few months the next few years but over the like I say Bulgaria stockings will start to come out over the next few weeks God bless you all